Ladies and gentlemen, he's the samurai of student ministry, the networking ninja, a Jedi master of church budgets, the beast from the southeast, the next-gen nerd himself, CJ! What's up, my nerds? Welcome to the Next Gen Nerd Podcast. It's Miyazaki May. So all month we're looking at movies by Hayao Miyazaki uh, and Studio Ghibli. Thank you to Matt West for doing our special cover art for this month, uh, highlighting the art style of Miyazaki. Uh, today's interview is with Asia Filipiak. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. She is with the Moviga Podcast. So if you haven't checked them out, uh, that stands for uh, Movies and Video Games, Moviga. But she also does Twitch streaming under the handle Asia the Girl. And she does some cooking streams, and she talks about that in our interview. And we're talking about the post-apocalyptic Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which I had not seen before doing this episode and um, really enjoyed watching it. Uh, that is one of my favorite genres is post-apocalyptic. And so uh, it was it was really interesting checking this out and uh, very beautifully done, as are most of Miyazaki's films. Uh, just, just beautifully done. So thoroughly enjoyed it. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to give you a little update on what I am reading, watching, and playing. And uh, so I've got some some updates there, and we'll have some of this more fleshed out on the next one. But I've been so busy with uh, wrapping school up and a couple other things that there's not as much to share here, but uh, definitely some some gems. So first, reading. Uh, last time I mentioned that I was going to check out His Majesty's Dragon, which is a story about the Napoleonic Wars, but with dragons. And so instead of a, of an Air Force, they use dragons. And um, I really enjoyed this. It did not disappoint. If you liked uh, the movie Dragonheart, it's very similar in that in the relationship between the two main characters. Uh, so I'd encourage you to pick it up. It took me uh, a whole chapter and a half to be completely hooked into the story uh, and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed reading it and um, the rest of the series is on my to read list so I'll be be checking back in after I've read the next several but it's a great book check it out His Majesty's Dragon by Naomi Novik um, and uh, I listened to it on Audible and it was really enjoyable thought the narrator did a good job so definitely check that out also uh, as far as comics go I just recently finished the Booster Gold Trade 52 pickup and it is from the New 52. It was the first book they did with Booster Gold in the New 52. For anyone who doesn't read comics, every so often the different universes kind of reset and they make a bunch of changes. And so DC did this DC did this a while ago and they called it the New 52. And so um, this is Booster Gold. And I've seen Booster Gold in some cartoons but never read any comics of his. Booster Gold, for those that don't know, is a normal guy from the future who steals a bunch of stuff from a superhero museum that allows him to have superpowers and then comes back to our time so that people can look at him and think, wow, he's really amazing. So obviously a very arrogant hero. Uh, I did learn in reading this that he and I share a birthday, December 29th, so that was kind of cool. In this story, Booster Gold is given the choice between being able to claim glory for doing small-time fixing of crimes, uh, fixing small problems, and be able to join the Justice League, or he can save the multiverse and everyone in it, but everyone will think that he is incompetent. So he has to weigh that. And with a character who's based in arrogance, it definitely makes for an interesting read. If you have Amazon Prime, you can actually check this out for free. Uh, It's one of the free books that you can check out and check back in with their prime reading system and so that's uh booster gold 52 pickup uh, i enjoyed it i enjoyed it if you, if you read comics i think you'll enjoy it as well i have several more booster gold trades now on my wish list i'd like to i don't now I want to complete kind of the the series that happened there in new 52 so it was uh it was really good really good uh so yeah so i'm thinking about doing a book club for the next gen nerd podcast not exactly sure what that'll look like but if you're interested in reading sci-fi fantasy nerd based books with a group of other nerds let me know Uh, you can let me know in a comment on our youtube channel or you can send me an email at nextgennerdpodcast at gmail.com and let me know you're interested and we'll definitely uh, connect that way so that you can participate with that so for watching now that i've graduated i'm kind of going through and kind of finishing series that i started and then didn't finish because stuff would come up and so uh 
There's not a whole lot, though, to write home about. I'll get to that in a little bit. But I did finish Mandalorian Season 3. I really enjoyed Season 3 for the most part. The episode that I liked the least was actually the finale. And so uh, it, it won't stop me from watching Season 4. Uh, it, it won't. Uh, and it wasn't even the story as much as I feel like the way it was executed. Didn't really care for. I'll go into more detail on that on a future episode. I'm sure we'll do a kind of a recap with Cameron Diamond and John on Mandalorian Season 3. But like I said, other than that, there really hasn't been much to write, write home about. Uh, I've caught a couple episodes of Barry and a couple episodes of Fired on Mars. And, um, yeah, not really not really a whole lot. So if you have a recommendation on something to watch, let me know because I've got some time to watch and would love to check something out. So you can do that again by leaving a comment on the YouTube or by sending me an email at nextgennerdpodcast at gmail.com. So as far as playing goes... The school's out for my kids, and so we've been playing some board and card games. Uh, we've been playing Sushi Go, which is a fun card game, uh, trick-taking kind of game. And uh, we've enjoyed doing that. Uh, we played Forbidden Island, which is a family favorite of ours anyways. It's a cooperative one, so we either all win or we all lose. And we all won when we played it last, so that was good. And a new one we've been playing is called Fantasy Flux. Now, if you're familiar with the Flux card games... It's that, but with a, a with fantasy characters. For those that don't know, Flux is a card game where the rules keep changing, which seems very chaotic, and it is very chaotic. But one of the things is is that you can win at any time, or you can lose at any time. Like there's, there really is no pulling out ahead. So like think about a game of Catan or Monopoly where you're playing. And you can tell that someone's going to win, but you have to sit there and wait as they completely dismantle you. That doesn't happen in Flux. At any moment, somebody can pull a card, drop a card that completely changes the direction of the game and cause someone else to win. My family's enjoying it, except for Zeke. I think it's just because he hasn't won a game yet. Uh, Not everyone's won a game. We've only played two or three of them, but... um, but, We've really enjoyed just the fact that you never know who's going to win. And so you can't give up in the middle of the game because you keep playing because who knows what's going to happen. So that's uh, Fantasy Flux. That's what I've been playing. Not a whole lot of video games, but uh, I'm wanting to get into that uh, some more. I'm looking at my Xbox now that's on my desk, so I should be able to have some time to do that. Uh, My controller's right back here, ready. It's all charged, good to go. So I'll probably be doing some more of that soon. Um... Just not sure where to start. But if you would like to play something together, again, let me know. Hit me with a comment on our YouTube or send me an email at nextgennerdpodcast at gmail.com and we can set something up, playing something together. Either Board Game Arena, if you want to play board games together, we can do that online. Or if you're wanting to do uh, Xbox or whatever, we can we can connect. So that's kind of what's been going on right now. Uh, I think it's time for us to start the interview, so let's get nerdy. <laughs> Well, nerds, thank you so much again for checking out the show. I'm excited today to have Asia with us. Asia is a Twitch streamer and a podcaster, uh, and her husband, Luke, is on staff with LTN, which is how I got connected with Asia. And so I'm excited to have her on. When I was planning Miyazaki May, I was trying to see if there's anyone that was interested, and I figured I would find somebody who was interested in a film or they could probably carry a conversation on here. And then I was told by Tyranny, one of the LTN staff, Mm -hmm. You've got to talk to Asia. You've got to talk to Asia. And so I'm excited to have her on. Uh, Asia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be doing this with you because, see, yeah, Miyazaki and Ghibli is like the thing that I can nerd about all the time. <laughs> I have like, so I have like it going on in my projector behind me. I have like all kinds of nerdy art that's all like Miyazaki film based and or uh, Ghibli film based. And, um, I just love talking about this stuff. So thank you for having me on. No, I love it. I love it. I found, I can't remember which one. I've watched several of them on HBO Max, but one of them on the extras has like 45 minutes of just music and uh, and footage. That's this. Nice, nice, (laughs) nice. Very nice. Um, So so yeah, so we're going to get into uh, Nasca of the Valley of the Wind. And it was super interesting. I'm really excited to talk about that. But before we jump in, I would love to hear about you, about things that are uh, exciting in your life right now, and also like what other nerdy interests do you have? Um, you know, what would you fill a Saturday afternoon with? Is kind of the, the idea there. So, uh, so tell me what's going on with Asia right now. Yeah. Um, so, like in my IRL life, I'm really excited about just building relationships with um, people in our church community, or just like related to our church community in some way. Um, back in um, 
in Oct- or September or October, uh, the youth pastor at, at our church, um, Sojourn New Albany, they uh, asked if we could, if me and Luke could start a young adult group because there wasn't one. Um, a lot of the people that had started that church were all around the same age and they've all gotten older and they're like in another stage of life, but there wasn't really anyone feeling like the need of like reaching out to people in that whatever you want to, whoever uh, adheres to the term young adult because that's such a vague <laughs> title. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. um, yeah. (laughs) but it's been really fun, like hanging out with them and building relationships um, over the course of the last several months. And what's been super cool about that has been um, just seeing other people in that group be really into nerdy things in their own categories of nerds, whether it's like WWE or um, like video games Mm. or um, in particular, one of our good friends that's been going since the beginning or been attending since the beginning. uh, She just got into streaming. I just got done today doing some uh, creating some emotes for her uh, digital art uh, and her vibe she wanted was like a pastel Taco Bell like theme. And so I've been having a lot of fun with that. I just love like being able to connect with uh, people over that stuff because like I feel like historically we haven't really been able to I mean b- before we like of course met all of our friends through LTN and um, been around Twitch and stuff but before that there wasn't like a ton of people to nerd out um, to so nice that's what is uh, what is her stream uh, it is Faith okay um, okay a y um, okay. yeah she she just started streaming she just hit affiliate so she's really excited she has all like the graphics to fill in some doing everything like sub badges and emotes and um nice. uh little, yeah fun things very nice but yeah so you're the and... one I should come to when I get to that point I'm I'm st- I, yeah. I graduate in 10 days and so I've been Yay. getting things ready for having free time uh and so Perfect. uh and yeah so I'm kind of working that way and um uh, technically had my first stream last Friday for five minutes nice. while I mess with settings to go, okay, does that oh, work? <laughs> nice. work? Yeah, so, uh, You're doing cool. great. So very cool. Uh, and yes, and uh, uh, Sojourn, New Albany. First off, Sojourn in general. So the, the first campus in Louisville, uh, mm-hmm. our interim pastor helps to plant that church that he was a, a oh, big financial supporter cool. of that. And so when I mentioned going to Sojourn, he's like, oh, I know that church. I'm well familiar with that. And so he's from That's Kentucky. Amazing. And uh, when I told him I was in New Albany, he's like, okay, I wasn't part of that campus. I was part of the original one. And um, mm-hmm. But uh, I got to participate with you guys after LTNCon. And mm-hmm. I told my wife, I said, it it was a different it, it was a different vibe. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I go to a traditional Southern Baptist church. And even though our worship leader is fantastic and is pushing the envelope in a lot of areas, it's still a traditional Southern Baptist church. Yeah. <laughs> and and I hate to use the word, but it's a very accurate word. It felt jazzy. Like it felt like we were, everyone was just like, we're here wrong. loving Jesus. <laughs> and this is a good time. Yes. It reminded me of like my early youth group days, like, like, mm. like early nineties, early midnight, or early, uh, or early aughts, not early nineties, late nineties, early aughts, uh, nice. that period, um, the worship felt that way. It was just good. It was a good time. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, glad that that was the conference on Sunday morning was to go and enjoy that. Cause I really did. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's always, dude, worship is always a vibe. It's always a fun time. Uh, people just like praising Jesus and like doing it in the most creative ways. I, I'm here for it. Um, yeah, so then um, more about my like nerdy stuff. I, like you said, I stream and I'm on a podcast. Uh, and I, yeah, I really am into um, just... I don't know, like mostly, honestly, okay, I'm into a lot of things, but the thing that is like the cherry on top, but the cherry is like massive and like bigger than the Sunday is my love for Ghibli. And mm-hmm. you can definitely see me um, spending so much time just watching and rewatching Ghibli movies and like deep diving into lore about stuff and like trying to find all the like document documentary style like information mm. about ev- any anyone related to um, like Ghibli films and surrounding Ghibli films so that that's my like my heart is like that's my nerdy thing for sure <laughs> I do love anime just in general but um like Ghibli movies have, have my heart because when I was little when I was like six or maybe younger um my dad I'm from Guam originally and my dad at the time he would take um 
business trips like around the Pacific. And so he would go to Japan a few times. And um, one time he brought back this doll that he got because he thought it looked like me. And um, then he found out that, oh, this is a character named May from Totoro. Mm. And so we found out there was a movie and then that's how we got into it. And then from then on me and, and in particular, my older cousin who I don't have any um, sisters. And so she's like, like a sister to me. She and I just like really leaned into everything Ghibli. We ate it all up. She would, she didn't live. Um, there's like a lot of like um, sentimental value to it, I guess, too. Cause mm. like she didn't live in Guam. She would uh, come over the summers because uh, she lived um, off island. And, and anytime she would come visit, we would always watch through her like DVD collection uh, binder thing of all the Ghibli movies that she had. And I just like had just, just fond memories for every film. Like there's mm. like a nostalgic aspect for me for each of those films. Um, but that, yeah, that little doll that I still have, it's actually like right over here. Um, it was like my start into uh, the fandom when I was very, very little. Um, but besides that, I stream, I do a bunch of stuff, but uh, whatever. It's not as fun as Ghibli. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. I like yeah. that. Um, so uh, this film in particular, Sonosco, The Valley of the Wind, was mm-hmm. originally released with a, in the U.S. with a different name. Uh, if you watched that cut, I just saw that and, and just kind of I have research. Not, I have not actually watched that cut. That's Wasn't it called C- like Warriors or- of the Valley or something? Yeah, so, like something like that. Something like uh, that. Um, yeah. But this is one of the reasons why um, Princess Mononoke was as long and as untouched as it was, was because mm-hmm. Miyazaki hated what they did uh, when they right. Americanized, which I can't mm-hmm. think of another word to use, um, yeah. Nasco the Valley of the Wind. And so um, uh, it'd be interesting. I didn't get a chance to look and see what the English voice actors were then. My sister, um, who I did an episode on, uh, on Totoro with her, she doesn't like the new Disney voices. She likes the Oh original. my gosh. Oh my gosh. We need to be best friends because <laughs> I agree. I will, I will no, connect you I too. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She, uh, so I had to, I had to, I mentioned this on, on um, uh, the episode I did with her. I had to go like on the dark web to find a torrent that had both those, uh, both those tracks <laughs> so that she could watch it. And uh, he, he goes, torrent I have a copy it. that I have in my house. And I have a copy that I have in a safe safe somewhere. So that's like just tucked away. Yes. In case. Um, so, so you haven't watched that original one, so I can't really ask you know what was the voice acting different between those. Yeah, man. Um, now, now you gave me homework. I love it. Well, listen, I, <laughs> I just I just saw that, and and I think it removed a lot of the heart of it, and it became much more. I mean, let's be honest. That's mm-hmm. you start cutting anything away from Miyazaki film, and you're removing the heart of it. Yeah. Um, like, what are you doing? So uh, it would be it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see. Um, but no, so I, I enjoyed the movie when you when you mentioned uh, Nausicaa, I'm a big post-apocalyptic fan i don't know what that says about me as a human being but i really do mm-hmm. i i enjoy those things well, a lot of great um, post-apocalyptic things there there are there are uh <laughs> and you know every feels like every day you go we're getting closer we're getting closer and closer to post-apocalyptic um <laughs> but uh so yeah so so why why does nausicaa rise to the top of your list like what mm-hmm. about this film is different because when i asked it wasn't I mean, you did say any Studio Ghibli film, but yeah, but you right. did highlight this is one of the ones that you're like, yes. I'd really enjoy talking about this. So why does this one capture your heart differently than others may? Well, to begin with, this was Miyazaki's and Ghibli's first film that they produced like as Studio Ghibli. And so the fact that like, this is the first thing. And then like, for me, obviously we have like great movies that have come out of Studio Ghibli, but like, this was like the flagship, like first story that uh, Miyazaki created with like such, well, I'm sure talk about this more, uh, but like there's such deep like lore and backstory, mm-hmm. like the, like all the characters, regardless of like how much like screen time they have or like how much they were developed during um, the actual movie. Like you could just tell that everyone had a history and nothing was just like written in like mm-hmm. haphazardly. Um, I actually just got a book Oh, now I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I'm a I'm a terrible fan. Uh, but <laughs> a a graphic uh, novel of Miyazaki's just came came out in an English like uh, translated in English. It's been in Japan for forever long, but the story elements of this graphic novel were used in like Nausicaa, what became Nausicaa, which is super cool. So like, I just love that Miyazaki had been dreaming up this world for like much longer than um, whatever the like release date was. Uh, So I just love that creativity. I also really like that, like some of his themes, like having an animal companion and having like these uh, different 
like not trope in a bad way, but like he has like these specific themes that he keeps to um, as he, you know, creates all the stories. I just love how like so established they were. They may not have been, they might not have been perfect in every way, but like they were so established from movie one that like mm. it just was setting the tone for his greatness and like yeah. the studio's greatness uh, with all the movies they made after that. So that's why I love it. I got you. And, and you mentioned, you said tropes, but when you started, it's not a trope. I know these movies were released right. early eighties. Yeah. And so I think a lot, right. I, I think a lot of current cinema probably draws a lot on these original ideas. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and this wasn't a, and it wasn't even a trope that he, because he used it in, in several of his films. I mean, that's the idea mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, a artist having a style. This was his style. Right. His style exactly. was these components like this, mm -hmm. these themes that are repeated over and over again. This wasn't lazy storytelling. This is, this is my style. This is my heart. This is where I go. Um, you know, I mean, we, we see that in, in creation. That's one of the things that you point to as a, right. as, as a believer is, well, if you look at creation, there's some really great similarities across here. So there must've been a designer. And so when we mm -hmm. see these things repeated, uh, a, I think others have have taken those bits from him because they're great bits. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. As someone who doesn't like animals, I like the idea of an animal companion. You know, <laughs> I, I, like the, I, I, my family picks on me. You know, I don't, I don't want a pet. But in a video game, <laughs> I want to be a ranger that has the wolf. Like that's what I want. You know, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think because I think it's because they obey. You know, like animals that I <laughs> yeah. had, they don't obey. They don't listen. It's too chaotic. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, at no point do I see anyone in Dungeons and Dragons cleaning up poo after their animal. Like I don't see that happening. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's all the fun and none of the work. Uh, that's that's why it is. Um, so one thing that I, I I've noticed as I've been watching Miyazaki films is uh. I feel like the story is like it's being tied in a bow, but the bow doesn't get pulled tight. You know, it's not like this is the end that it's, it's getting right. close to a, a moment of hope. Um, but I don't see him returning often. Uh, I had an episode last week with Mikey Burgett. He quickly poked holes all in that. And he's like, well, no, this one here had a sequel. This one here, he had some follow-up stuff as well. Um, but I am wondering what you would do looking at the story, loving this world. What would you, you know mm -hmm. what? before we get in there we haven't really even talked about the general synopsis of the movie so let's let's oh, go yeah. over let's go over that so give me like we're just so excited i know i listen because you i know that you know and you know that i know what happened but for anyone yeah. who doesn't um give us an elevator pitch like this is the idea the general idea of the movie and kind of where it goes uh where it goes sure yeah basically um we follow nausicaa in the story of um post-apocalyptic world where there's like a um, virus of sorts that that is spreading through um, spores and fungus and all that that's um, spreading through this thing called the the, um, the force of decay and it just continues to take over um, the land and um, so a, lo a lot of like what humankind has done is try to combat it with with force with like um with weaponry or whatever but in contrast we have um the valley of the wind where nausicaa is from kind of learning how to live in harmony and re be respectful of like the fact that while um you know this diseased um like ecosystem that keeps growing is diseased it still is nature and we can respect it and respect like um like all living like organisms and so it's just really interesting to see the contrast and so we just see that theme of like back and forth of like how people are trying to deal with this like um like uh life-threatening world-threatening diseased um ecosystem and so basically we just follow um a stronger force than um than the valley of the wind take over the valley and try to use its resources for their own ends and um you just I, yeah you just see how nausicaa rises uh, to the occasion uh, with all this conflict going on and figures out how to um combat um all this animosity and violence with mm. peace but like even that piece is very powerful and that is in the end what like saves the world essentially and i just oh, i love it so much but that's like a general yeah no no you're i, I like it yeah. um yeah so so yeah so the 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 perceived antagonist at the beginning of the film is this forest mm -hmm. And these mm -hmm. bug creatures that they call ohms, um, mm -hmm. they look like roly polies on steroids. Is kind of what they yes. what they look like. Uh, and these ohms are what is uh, attacking anyone who 
jeopardizes the forest in some way or jeopardizes the jungle in some way that that's the 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 white blood cells of the system if you will uh right. that's going after the the infection so that's the perceived antagonist at the beginning of the film but as in as in every post-apocalyptic film the perceived antagonist is never actually the antagonist uh i think that's right. one of the reasons i like it i, I really like it because mm-hmm. you have it's not them it's humanity and so i, I always tie this back to the walking dead that in the first several seasons mm-hmm. walkers are an issue and they'll always be an right. issue but after the first couple seasons you learn it's not really the walkers that we have to worry about it's the other humans that we have to mm-hmm. worry about and so um you have uh the valley of the wind the people of the valley of the wind nausicaa is their princess but there are other countries there are other nations that are fighting um mm-hmm. and they don't take like you said the symbiotic approach to this life form that is the the forest that is the jungle they want to break it they want to uh suppress it oppress it um and so there's this tension that grows there uh and so no longer is the valley of the wind threatened by the jungle as much as they are these human oppressors Mm -hmm. um and again you have this childlike very innocent character uh that's so common in miyazaki's films to be the savior, the one that comes and says, we're not going to do it this way. We're not going to be so overwhelmed by um, uh, by the hunger for power, uh, by the hunger for greed or by hurt. We're going to let those things go, um, which, again, is why this is a beautiful film, why so many of Miyazaki's films are not just enjoyable, but they're inspiring uh, and and two for kids like like that. Mm-hmm. Even though there's yeah. some scary bits in his films because the world is scary. Um, that's why I find so many. Uh, people who love Miyazaki have that love start at such an early age because Mm -hmm. the hero is somebody that could be me. The hero is somebody that is like me. And, and that's like, I mean, that is a big reason why Miyazaki writes movies the way he does is like his whole goal is to speak to the next generation anyways, like that his, his target audience for the most part are children. Um, And the, I, this is like super tangent, but like uh, one of the, his films, Procuroso, which I also love, uh, he out he has like um, a bittersweet like um, uh, sentiment about Procuroso because he feels like it wasn't actually written for kids as much as it was for adults, and he's like, mm-hmm. that's not the point of Studio Ghibli. <laughs> like we're trying to um, like be empowering and transformative of the um, the next generation. So yeah, all that to say, yes for kids. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh... So without spoiling the end, we don't want to spoil the end because if you want to watch the movie, we, I highly encourage you to do so. But just know that it ends at a place of hope. And and that's how all of his films that I've seen end is at this place of hope that there's some kind of yeah. there's some kind of resolution. There's some kind of like this is um, we're moving in a good direction. It's kind of how, how they would end. Um, and so I would love to know this world that we don't really get to revisit. Um, where would you take a sequel or a spinoff or a prequel, like something to flesh this world out more? Like what would you, what would Asia do with the story uh, to make it bigger? I I mean, I would love, um, I mean, okay. I haven't watched, I mean, I haven't um, played through uh, the last of us. I don't know all of the, um, like the backstory and everything, but I did watch, I watched the show that came out. Um, and I have heard about like, uh, last of us part two, where there's like split, um, uh, perspectives that you're like exploring. So I don't really know all about that, but I do think it'd be interesting to, um, to explore the world of Asbel, which is like the guy that she meets like in the middle. And he's like part of a, another kingdom that, you know, is threatened by another kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'd be really interesting to follow his story and like see him and Nausicaa like continue okay. on their paths and see how they cross over. So I don't know if that would actually work better as a ser- like a TV show or something more I'm than in. a movie, a... but like I'll take anything. The, <laughs> but the, I just the, think it'd be interesting. The Renaissance of streaming series where instead of having a two hour movie that leaves you going, why did you cut all these things out? Having an eight hour TV series to be able to flesh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what I'm here for. It's what I'm here for. So yeah, I like that. I like, I he agree. was with the, the Pajit empire, right? Wasn't yes. he with them? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't hear it. Uh, I wish I would have seen this earlier. Um, but uh, Mark Hamill, I guess was the Pajit general or whatever. The mayor, the mayor of Pajit, which I didn't know that. I know he was in uh, Castle in the Sky. Um, yeah, but, uh, as a uh, Muska. Yes, uh, but I did not know that he was in uh, that he was in this one as well. I need to go back and watch it, mm-hmm. listening for that. Um, okay, I like it. I like following that. Um, uh, yes, following Asbel, seeing that. Um, 
Yeah, I would like that. I would even like to see kind of what, like, after moment zero, where yeah. the forest decides we're going to take this back. Like, I would love to see that yeah. kind of kind of blossom and see what happens yeah, there. That'd be interesting. Um. Uh. Or you know, uh, fast forward you know, several hundred years in the future after this. And so this symbiotic harmony has taken place where um, uh, all the people have kind of joined with the forest. But then, of course, in the cyclical nature that is humanity, mm-hmm. there comes another moment of, of oppression and of danger and then see maybe some tribes that are more symbiotic and those that mm-hmm. are not and kind of how mm-hmm. that works. So I would like, I, listen, I'm like in for that. more, uh, I'm in for more of this world. I would, I would love to see more of this world um, and go from there. One thing that they that they hit on and then they move away from, uh, at one point, uh, Nausicaa is going to have to leave. So she goes to her secret sanctum, low yeah. beneath uh, beneath her castle. Uh, I can't believe she did that. Like, <laughs> uh, and and she has been experimenting with pure plants and pure water and, and all those things. Uh, and two, at one point in the movie, um, she is finds herself in a safe place in the forest, a place that she mm-hmm. could go and live and thrive. Removing the antagonists, okay, removing the, uh, let me rephrase that, removing the actual antagonists, you still have the perceived yeah. antagonists, yeah. removing that. The um, actual threat. <laughs> the actual threats. Uh, where do you think Nasca would have gone with her discoveries of those safe plants mm-hmm. in the safe zones? Like, how would that yeah. have developed? Again, for story purposes, you need that antagonist, uh, but, right. yeah. you know, just wondering this world, like, where where could that have gone if she didn't have the threat of war thrust upon her? 20 minutes into the movie uh where could that have gone yeah i mean i totally could see her like creating a whole uh, the starts of like a whole civilization underground like mm-hmm. under like you know even like her sanctum thing was like underneath the bottom of the castle yeah. like everything was like underground so i think it'd be it would have been really interesting to see her kind of lead this like um very creative innovative um uh striving for like finding out how to like live underneath the surface and then probably from there over generations be able to like purify from like within Mm. which i think would be another good like imagery thing but if only but yeah (laughs) she needs needs a story okay (laughs) yeah no uh again i i the curiosity that's there and not even like a bad curiosity not curiosity is Mm -hmm. bad but it's this this kind of hopeful like what could we do like how could we live how could we thrive um which is Mm -hmm. what sets her up to uh to save the day sets her up to save the day uh so the big theme here uh seems to be that um and and not just in this movie and several that for miyazaki is that humans destroy the world and then the world has to reset uh why do you think miyazaki hits this like he does I think it has to do with just like his whole like world philosophy, life philosophy. Um, I mean, uh, Miyazaki is like a famous um, uh, pacifist. Um, He also like has a perspective on like, uh, like the inevitable, it's almost, I mean, you know, outside, not ground in the gospel this can have like very like um, sad, like uh, implications, but like he like kind of, talks about like the inevitability of man Mm. essentially like Mm. or or of like human nature and um and so like learning how to balance that reality with like a desire for for peace in the world in all senses of the word like Mm. peace interpersonally in intrapersonally and like with nature like having harmony there I, i think that's just like always his perspective and so i think like that is always his narrative of like you know if it kind of like a Jurassic Park like life will find a way like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh even if like humankind like goes at it and are crazy like the uh, people are not as strong as they think they are mm. and so um human nature will find a way to you know correct itself or uh like you said reset or like create a new normal that like thwarts all the plans of man which I think is very fascinating mm. And to, you know, I'm sure his life philosophy is influenced by culture. You know, I'm thinking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Godzilla movies of Japan and reaction to um, the atomic bomb drops in World War II. You know, this idea mm-hmm. that nature moves against what man puts on it. And so, you know, how mm-hmm. far back does this go in Japanese culture? This idea mm-hmm. of this, you know, 
opposite and equal reaction. You know, this reaction, this this action, opposite reaction. So, um, but he he does. He hits this, and 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 uh, it's the same thing in Princess Mononoke. You know that there's this this destroying yeah. of the of the forest, and the forest sends protectors to go and fight back, and um and balance. And so, um, I haven't done a whole lot of research into Miyazaki's life, but I would be interested to see how that plays out or why that is such a a key factor. I'm thinking, you know, if it's um. I think religious uh i think it's mm-hmm. is it taoism that is the the yin and yang is that what the anyways yeah yeah ish something so. like that mm-hmm. um it would be it would be interesting uh and so uh with this idea of, of nature uh rebounding i thought it was interesting that the only mutated species that i can see are these ohms you know are these these mm-hmm. bugs these giant bugs um whereas in you know uh the fallout games every creature that existed has some weird radiated form uh mm-hmm. that's that's there or um uh i'm trying to think other other movies or or tv shows or games where it's this post-apocalyptic scene is there's more than just one creature that seems to be affected so why do you think it is that uh we only get to see these mutated bugs mm-hmm. why why is it you think that's um, where he, he kind of focuses like i mean who knows who knows for sure but my what I think would be at least very interesting uh, reason uh, would be, you know, we just think of bugs as like, you know, we step on bugs and mm. bugs are whatever. And they're like, so um, insignificant, like have zero, con- I mean, you know, for the most part, zero consequence. And I think it's just like this um, like role reversal or like the tables turning of like, okay, now the bugs are taking over mm. us and uh or you know humankind uh so i i feel like that could have something to do with it is like you know not taking even the smallest uh, forms of life for granted Mm. uh because you know get get big roly polies (laughs) (laughs) big roly polies big scary roly polies um no i can i can definitely see that i can see that being being part of the case uh Mm. you know especially given the if it's if it's Tao, if it's karma or whatever it is, that mm-hmm. idea of these these small creatures being the ones mm-hmm. uh, to rebel. Um, one other thing I had on here, uh, just discussion wise, then we've got a couple of this or that's, and we'll talk more mm-hmm. about uh, Moviga and stuff. Um, that weird giant monster thing. Uh, oh yeah, I feel the, like uh, is really Oma. just. I, I think it's just a MacGuffin. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going. What purpose did it serve? It got two blasts off, and then it it disintegrated. Um, you know, and it attacked these ohms, which there was, you know, too many. And you know, it wasn't like I, I felt like it was a MacGuffin. I felt like it was a MacGuffin. What? What? I don't. Was there anything That's that fair. you uh, research that like, oh, this is where this idea comes from, or I missed some part mm-hmm. of the movie where they said, you know, this is how this thing was created, like. We're just we're um so I think it's pretty I mean I'm sure there are like uh resources out there that I'm not like fully aware of. Like I said, like Miyazaki created this whole like history and world like mm. from before Nausicaa and like f- like an iteration of it is like in this like graphic novel, but there's just like a lot of stories. I know there's also like a Nausicaa like graphic novel that I really I want so bad it's so expensive <laughs> though. One day, one day I'll find it for not that expensive. Um but um I believe so if you watch the um the title sequence like especially towards the beginning Miyazaki really heavily I think it's most like it's most um effective or like most prominent maybe in Castle in the Sky but definitely in Nausicaa too like you see the like tapestry art style like uh uh passed through um in this title sequence and you just kind of see like the history of like how did the world become what it mm. is by the time like for the beginning of the movie and so while i'm not totally sure how exactly they were created like you do see that like the uh the oma the like the great warriors whatever they're called um they like demo- like they were the powerhouse like they and like people used um the oma to do their bidding mm. and so then you know they eventually like died off and so i think um like yes it is like anticlimactic in a sense but i am um almost positive that that's intentional mm. to the point of miyazaki being like you like people do not have control over nature mm. like you're trying to unnaturally bring this extinct like being back to life and i'm just and like nature is like no <laughs> like that's actually not going to happen <laughs> and so that's why like so quickly this um 
this warrior that they've like sacrificed so much to get and revive mm. uh like ends up doing them basically there's like basically no benefit to having it in the end and i think that like ironic twist is like part of the like point that um miyazaki is trying to like drive um through the story yeah it's uh it kicked the hornet's nest is what it did it really yes. yeah it just made everyone angry and knows exactly where you're at um okay all right so uh, one of the things I like doing is is kind of this or that. It's making you choose between two options uh, and kind of explain why that is. So we're going to place CJ and Asia right in the middle of the <laughs> of the of the movie here uh, and talk about a couple options. So the first question I have are uh, the uh, Lord Yupa's Dodo Riders. You can have mm-hmm. one of those. Or well, we didn't even talk about Yupa. Yupa is the bomb. He's so Yupa cool. is Anyways. the bomb. Uh yes. Uh <laughs> and voiced by Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh yes. it's definitely worth it. listen. Amazing. I say this I had so I'm in the middle of my last semester of school. I've never mentioned that already, but uh, I had to take a preaching class and there was one guy that I told him I said I would listen to you read the phone book, dude. It's the same thing with <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Like if he's reading the phone book, starting from the top, I'll listen to it. I, it just yes, yeah, sounds great. Um so he has these dodo riders, giant dodo birds, look kind of like ostriches uh, that he rides that are very, very fast, faster even than option two, the glider, the glider. Sure. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, so you have the ability to to have one of these. Uh, Asia, which one do you pick and why? Oh, man. From the first time when I was little that I watched <laughs> Nausicaa. I always wanted that glider. <laughs> I was like, I need that. Like, she was just so cool how she, like, used it like in very unique ways too yeah. like the, her her um her mastery over that vehicle was crazy and mm-hmm. i was just like ah, one day so i mean the dota riders are super cute and, I, and they're really cool and um i mean yupa looks awesome like riding one but uh <laughs> the glider is where it's at for me like i can't even if it's not as fast like she's just zipping around yeah doing her thing yeah no yeah. no no i i i agree completely uh the ability to fly is uh you know lord if you could give me a superhuman ability to fly it would be great <laughs> um so no i agree i agree the i do like the idea though of having a dodo rider that that is very fast. I mean, and it was just, I'm oh, watching dude. the end credits, um, so which I, I didn't know this until I read again, a little research that the end credits of the movie paint more of a tying of the bow. Didn't realize yes. that. So I went back and watched that today and um, Lord Yupa passes her in the Dota rider. So that was the one that I would like. I would like the ability mm-hmm. to go really fast. I do like that, yeah. but uh, I'm also going to go with a glider because i like to fly. Uh, second question, uh, if it's not toxic, do you want to live in the, in the jungle, in the forest or Mm. in the Valley of the wind? Where is it that you would rather, rather be? I think if the forest wasn't toxic, I would prefer the forest because the Valley of the wind is awesome in so many ways, but like part of it's like charm and it's like uniqueness is the fact that it's like surviving amidst desert and like uh diseased forest so i think if the forest is not diseased i would just be like i'll just go hang out in the in the forest like like that first scene where nausicaa's like uh getting samples and gets the like uh exoskeleton eye thing of the ohm like dude that's so cool (laughs) it looks so cool there that is cool um uh yeah, I think I want to stay Valley of the Wind. I like the the open air. I like being near the water. I like fair, those things. Uh, I think I want to pick to be a little bit different there and, and go with that. All right, and so my last this or that question, um, going back to the animal companion, you can choose one of these as an animal companion. <laughs> the tiny little fox thing that she had running around her, or I thought the baby Ohm, despite it being bloody and juicy, being pretty cute pretty cute uh so you can have one of those as an animal companion which one do you choose and why while i love baby om the baby om is so cute i have to go with keto the like tiny fox because it's just cute and i feel like i end up getting essentially the real life version of that with our dog pocky (laughs) so i like every time i see keto i'm like that that little fox is pocky <laughs> like okay. even the attitude <laughs> very nice I, so you know, yeah when i posed that question i did think of pocky and i i, I thought that's <laughs> i think that's probably the case uh and i'm gonna take the the uh converse and go with the baby ohm um right. uh, play together. yes uh because <laughs> i don't like people touching me like i i love giving hugs mm. and whatever but the idea of being not about on, the like <laughs> on places in my body 
you know, like the shoulder <laughs> rub. I don't like a shoulder rub. Right. So um, <laughs> having an animal companion that I can have at somewhat of a distance. I like that. So mm-hmm. I like that. idea. And to, um, uh, I just think it'd be neat. I think, I think the connection in the short period of time that we saw Nausicaa yeah. and that baby own make, I feel like it was it a was greater a connection than than even even her and yeah Ed. so <laughs> that's like that's a good argument <laughs> <laughs> i you know and it could be because it was injured and it was in danger and so there's that heightened emotional Maybe. state there mm-hmm. um uh or that uh you know miyazaki's trying to play that up because these are not monsters these are these yeah. are normal creatures um right. and it was really easy to sell a tiny little baby fox thing it's very easy to sell <laughs> that as cute so yes, uh true. Okay. All right. Uh, I like it. I like it. So um, you mentioned at, at the top here of the interview, uh, a couple things that that you do, uh, and I want to hear more about those things. And so in either order, whatever you want to talk about, I'd love to hear about your Twitch stream and also about uh, Moviga and what Moviga does and the podcast and all those things. Yeah, sure. I'll start with Moviga. So um, I'm Sometimes I have like um, imposter syndrome because I'm the by far the newest member of that podcast. But Moviga is a group of friends that talks about movies and video games and everything in between. And um, historically, it was um, uh, these friends from high school in um, South Carolina and their mutual friends that created this podcast like several I don't actually know how many years ago, so several years ago. And um, over time, they've like uh, looped people in. And then I ended up, uh, they befriended Luke first, actually, because they all like played Destiny together. And uh, this is like the beginning, like before Luke was like even coming up close to working at uh, Love Thy Nerve full time. Uh, but we all became friends through that process. And they had me and Luke guest on the podcast several times. And then eventually a spot opened up uh, and they asked me and I was like, oh, they asked me, not Luke. That's like very nice. <laughs> um, so I've been uh, podcasting with them for the uh, over like a year and a half, I think. Um, and it's a fun time. I highly recommend, uh, you know, the podcast. It's always <laughs> fun. It's cool to see, like, everyone's very, uh, you know, loves each other, but feels very comfortable disagreeing with each other if mm. uh, if we think that each other's takes are not the right takes. Okay. <laughs> so All right. it's a fun time. Um, and everyone's, like, into so many different things. So it's, mm. I like the variety. is kind of nice, too. Um, I don't know if you're, like, into TikTok at all, but there was, like, a little um, uh, trend where, like, the butterfly in the sky song from reading rainbow would come on if you're like just daydreaming. Mm. And so every time Brian or any of them like go really into um, destiny or Elden ring or those vibe of games, I'm just like, do do over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll join the conversation when we're not talking about this anymore. Um, so it's a fun time though. Uh, so we record every Tuesday on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Moviga. You can find Moviga wherever podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, which is fun. Um, and in addition to that, I also have my own content. Um, I have a Twitch channel and some just like I'm a little I'm everywhere, I feel like, but nowhere at the same time. But um my content is Asia the Girl. Uh so on Twitch uh TV uh twitch.tv slash Asia the Girl for my Twitch channel, or you can just go to asiathegirl.com and it'll just link you to everything. I feel, mm. I feel like that's a lot easier than trying to like <laughs> have people no, go to a million places. Um, but I um my uh, heart for my content is to, I mean, essentially kind of inject my, how, how I am in real life, like online. And, and by that, I mean, I really um, like real talk. I, I really want to have a, a good, um, I want to be a good steward of the, of a gift of hospitality that I believe that the Lord has uh, gifted me with. And, and in my mind, that means like creating spaces with like by the way that you approach people so Mm. that can be in your home or outside of the home of like just making people feel safe and um and like open to have uh friendships like whether they want to or not like that's you know up to them but like just to create that um welcoming environment and so i try to have that perspective with any content i do whether it's like you know like small tiktoks or whatever or I mean more effectively i would say um live on twitch and so i try to turn my studio or my kitchen into just like a virtual space to hang out and it not really be about like me like uh marketing my own things mm. as much as it is like getting really excited about 
you know, something we can enjoy together or, or, you know, get to learn, learn other um, interests that other people have in, in an effort to like build um, genuine, like friendships with them and for them to have that with each other. So that's what I try to do on my channel. So it looks for like, the, practically speaking, that looks like a lot like um, co-working streams, chill, like puzzly gaming streams, um, digital art and um, cooking streams are like what I, oh, I've been sewing streams. I've been doing sewing streams lately. Nice. Um, so just anything, to, anything to do to hang out together. Like I just wanted an excuse to hang out essentially. <laughs> so well, like uh, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Very nice. No, yeah, I, I like it. Uh, my initial introduction to Twitch was, um, uh, Bubba's channel when he would do in, in his morning, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday mornings. And, um, you know, it felt weird at first. Like I feel very comfortable. Like I am hanging out with this guy on Twitch. I'm spending time with him this way. Um, but, uh, no, I think it's been good. Did I freeze? Did you freeze? You back? Yes, we're back. Okay, okay cool. All right. I was just, I was just going to be calm and not interrupt you. I wasn't sure. That's right. So, uh, I will make a note, check this. It is still recording. Um, no, no, I, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, and I think you're right that it, there's a, a great possibility of connecting with others on Twitch. I think Twitch is really breaks that fourth wall of your typical mm -hmm. online content of this person's doing this and I get to watch it, but I don't really know them. Um, right. uh, I think about, uh, podcasts that I have listened to hours and hours and hours of, and it's like, I know this person, but this person doesn't know me. Whereas yeah. on Twitch, I do know these people. I have con mm -hmm. you know spent time communicating with these people. Um, and my first interaction introduction to that was with uh with Bubba from Love Thy Nerd and his morning mm -hmm. streams on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when he had his own channel. And yeah. I really felt like I was getting to know him and spending time with him and interacting. And so uh so no, that's great. I think that's wonderful. I think there's um I think there's something to be said of taking the gifts God's given you and use them every way you can. I think that's why we're mm -hmm. given them, not just to be used inside church ministry on Sundays right. from nine to yeah. noon, um, that we're gifted with certain things to use those all the time. So I appreciate you sharing those. Um, oh. And uh, now that I've got AsiaTheGirl.com, that makes it a lot easier on the show notes to go ahead and <laughs> uh, share your stuff. I can just share that. Uh, and uh, happy help. Yes, yes, sounds good. <laughs> Well, Asia, I appreciate you coming on and talking Miyazaki with me uh, and enlightening yes, me to more about uh, about him and Studio Ghibli and Nausicaa. Um, yeah, and look forward to talking to you about more stuff in the future. Happy Miyazaki May. Yes, happy <laughs> Miyazaki May. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, which is the last one for Miyazaki May, and it is Castle in the Sky, and I'm talking with Hillary and Charlie Fisco. Now, I met them at LTN Con this last year and thoroughly enjoyed our conversations, and uh, I enjoyed this conversation. I already, I've already got the episode recorded and excited to have it drop next week. It's uh, it's just a great conversation. Great family to talk to, so I encourage you to check that out. If you want to know more about what's going on with us or you're wanting to connect in a different way, all the links for our socials and our Discord and our merch are all going to be in the show notes. So when you're done driving or whatever you're doing, come back to this episode, check out the show notes, and all those links are there for you to, be able to follow us on Instagram or YouTube um, or anything in between. So I encourage you to check those things out. Join us on Discord. It's where we kind of kind of communicate between episodes, and I can drop some stuff that I've seen. We'd love to have you on there, and that's where actually some of our Dungeons & Dragons stuff for Next Gen Nerd is going to be happening soon. So if you're interested, make sure to check that out. I think that's it for this episode. So until next time, peace out, Seacrest. <laughs>